Welcome to Big Fiction Energy. I'm Dan. I'm Danny. Uh, I'm Tim. I like you got it quicker that time. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, last episode, you had to think about it. There was hesitation. Well, there was, yeah. <laughs> I knew what was coming. I didn't know what was coming, but my body was trying to prepare myself. I feel like we do that at the beginning of every episode. What? At prepare least recently. My body? No, say who our names. Oh. <laughs> say who we are. <laughs> oh, gotcha. No, yeah, I get that. I mean, I I do prepare my body. I do vocal exercises. How now, brown cow? Yeah. Just Unique I, New York. I say all the swear words now before yeah, true. so that I don't say it now. Yes. Yeah. It's probably best to do that. Do that. Do that. Otherwise, <laughs> what? you might, might nerk it up. <laughs> I don't want to nerk it You can always now. use our fake swear words. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, nerk. Yeah, so welcome back. Chapter 8 coming up here pretty soon. After we talk about some random things. Actually, it's not random at all. It's planned out ahead of time. Whoa! It's a little bit. Tell the On the rails. Oh, yeah. What is this? Like well, a book that the question. down before we <laughs> the words? And then you turned it into a script. I did. And you color-coded the parts for us. I did. And then we like read it. Yeah. You did miss, uh, by the way. I couple. did miss a couple in this yeah. one. As, the one uh, character, uh, narrator. <laughs> there's a new character that's why there's no color associated with it it's not the normal blue because blue is the best color yeah and Laney that we've talked about um, it's pronounced Laney oh God, don't get oh. me started in the pronunciation of Lanny yeah, it rhymes Lanny. with my name exactly um, it's French for knee correct Lanny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but saying that planned for the intro uh I think it started last week, having a kind of open-ended question, not that open-ended, but a question for us to have a little bit of discussion, get to know the the hosts of the show a little bit better as we listen. Um, So this episode, I wanted to say, what video game are we playing now, or recently? I... Go. Well, my wonderful husband, uh, he got me... Shall we name nameless? Yeah. He got me Animal Crossing <laughs> as a water. very early um, Easter gift, and so I've been playing a lot of the Animal first Animal Crossing, Crossing. What? from the '64. No. Oh yeah, Animal Crossing New Horizons, <laughs> and so I've got my little tulip bell hat on my little person, and oh. she's just going around trying to find those iron nuggets, and I am obsessed. I have to do there these game makers are so smart where they have it so that like you get bonuses if you check in every day it's so, like yeah. you're on there and you're playing every day they, they there freaking are, know there are mobile games I hated but I would sign in every day for the login bonus just in case I might get into it later right, right? I did it's that crazy. with um, Pokemon Go for like six yeah. months where I didn't do anything except log in to get the daily thing. I think you had to catch one thing. And yeah. if I'd log in at school, something would pop up because there were a bunch of Wi-Fi things there. And I'd catch one thing and then not yeah. think and about like, it. And, like, I was playing The Sims 4 that you also got for me. Because it was free. it was free. <laughs> <laughs> the Sims for Lovers. Oh. No, that's Virginia is for Lovers. Um, Guster is for Lovers. Guster is also for Lovers. And, like, I was playing that one pretty religiously and, you know developing that family and the one girl was becoming like a a secret agent a secret agent yeah that was cool that was awesome yeah Uh, but they don't give you bonuses for signing in every day so that's why I knew you'd like Animal Crossing because you like the Sims and 
It seemed like a similar game. I don't but, play either, but... But I don't need 30 iron nuggets in The Sims. I <laughs> yeah, do in Animal Crossing. Yeah, but just think of how excited and how, how how accomplished you'll feel when you get those 30 iron nuggets to build oh, and I what you're trying to build. To Timmy or Tommy Nook or whatever the heck, whichever one it is, I can't keep them straight. <laughs> so, question. Then... So, I played the first one briefly. Yeah. Uh, do you still start each Animal Crossing game just in debt to a raccoon? Or is that just the I first mean, one? I mean... You're not in debt to him, I don't think. Well... Right? Because you, you start with like, literally nothing. Well, you, a tent. You, you have to pay for, like, your moving costs. Oh, pay, in yeah. air quotes. Uh. And so... But you don't have any money. So they're doing this thing now where they have, like, the nook miles. And so by doing different things, like, if you collect 10 pieces of wood, you get 500 nook miles or whatever. And then you can pay off your moving expenses with the miles. Gotcha. Then, once you've done that, you can build a house. So yeah, I owe a raccoon ninety-eight thousand gold bells or whatever. Just to move you. Just to build my house. Oh. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, I didn't so know you, you were pay that. Pay off debt. the college debt. Right. That you've been living in a tent to help you. Yes. Off. Yes. <laughs> and then you just get right back in it. Right in it. Gotcha. Like double the amount to ninety-eight thousand for a one-room house. It's cute, though. You still have it's a cot a, for a bed, too. I do have a cot, but I have a hammock in my yard. Oh, and a oh, cardboard fair. chair. I do have a cardboard Can't chair. Forget the I've cardboard got a chair. love seat. I've got succulents in a can that I fished out of a stream. <laughs> like my the can you, you fished or I, the succulents? I fished the can out. Oh, okay. And then I did like the DIY recipe at the workbench. To uh, add succulents to it? Yeah. It's oh. very cute. I honestly wish I had one in real life. It's I mean, you have succulents around the house. I do, but, but not, not a can. Not, man. not a can. She fished out of the river. Right. I well, need go to, to the river and fish a can out. I can't. It's not fishing season yet. I don't so know when fishing, fishing season for is. For cans, it's different. It's I think always, it's always it's a different can license. fishing season. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but just have I, Lily do it. She's young enough. She doesn't have to have a license. How do I specify to the DEC officer? Like, no, no, sir. I am actually here fishing. You bring for the cans. succulent with you. <laughs> right, so you're like, look, I got the succulent right here. I'm oh, obviously man. going for cans. Have you ever put a succulent in a fish before? It sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Succulent. It Succulent. smells like fish. Because it's a dead fish. Right? I don't want counter. that in my house. What do I look like to you? A crazy person? Oh, oh my wait gosh. a second. I do because I'm fishing for cans. Well, the game I've been playing lately makes me look way less crazy because it's The Witcher 3. So I'm just like yeah, that's super chopping normal. up weird monsters and meeting witches. witches. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, did Pretty you, straightforward. Did, has anyone given you a coin? That I, like well, tossed one at you, right. somebody say? I would say some people have tossed coins to my Witcher. Okay. Wow. I made some money. I don't know if I've gotten to the Valley of Plenty yet. Oh, you get cool little <laughs> trading cards when you get there. I haven't even met Dandelion, or Yaskir, as he's known in the show. Yeah. Which I'm now, after reading the first, the quote first Witcher the book, I'm what a little, the, the first collection of short stories, not yeah. the first, but what people say to read first, called The Last Wish, even though it was one of the more recently published ones. Um, he's called Dandelion. In the show, they changed his name to Yaskir. Which I'm a little sad even close to that they thing. changed it from Dandelion, because I thought it was kind of awesome for the name. bard. We're not there yet. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't read. I so kind of have no idea about the source material. <laughs> well, if you don't read, what video games are you playing? Uh, Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Uh, <laughs> a lot of Beat Saber. Kingmaker. Pathfinder Kingmaker, which is really good, but it's a very difficult game. I've heard. Um... But you can, you can, there's a lot of, there's like 800 toggles you can turn on and off. It's a lot of toggles. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a task to toggle them toggles. (laughs) Whenever I hear the word toggles, it makes me think of Mystery Men. 
You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with the movie. I don't know why. Well, there's part where uh, they're trying to save the superhero guy. I forget his name. Probably Captain something. Yeah. Um, and he's telling them how to stop the machine. He's like, no, pull that toggle. And they're like, I don't know what a toggle is. And they do the wrong uh, thing. And it's a great movie. Yeah. Mm. I love also, Mystery Man. Warcraft uh, for the next month has like 100% increased experience in addition to all the other ways to get experience. And, because uh, they know everybody's playing video games right now. <laughs> right. We've got time. Right. So Lindsay and I have been playing a lot of World of Warcraft together. Nice. I've been spending a lot of time doing Puzzle Quest, Marvel Puzzle Quest on my Kindle. I get going with the daily thing, like yeah. getting my Deadpool dailies yeah. in to get ISO 8. Yeah. So easy to get addicted to that game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. <sighs> I spent a lot of time in that game. I just want an Iceman. That's all I ever want in a game that he's part of. If I can get Iceman, then I'm happy. You don't want Colossus? I mean, Colossus is cool. I'll take it, but it's not Iceman. So he's Iceman, my favorite superhero. So Iceman is really, like, in the shadow of Colossus. <laughs> I like the video game reference. That yeah. was good. That was good. Isn't that the free game this month on the PlayStation Plus? I didn't get it, but I, probably, it was. I don't know. Um, I had the ones for April, and I wasn't very excited for them. But I digress. Sure, all of this is just constant. This digressing. is all digressing. Yeah. Uh, we could. Do you know when you digress? Uh, when you eat food, <laughs> you digress it, <laughs> and food can have all sorts of things. Some might say new flavors. Ooh! Ooh. As a biology teacher, that hurt me for a second. But then you turned it into the name of the chapter, so chapter I liked eight. it. The food. Oh god. Before we get into the chapter, just speaking of flavors, I just want to tell you so um, Dan and I have two kids. Our daughter is almost eight. And she was sitting on the couch today and she was watching some like animal show on Netflix because I told her she had to watch something educational. If I were an animal? If I were an animal, which is actually very cute and it is, in fact, educational. Yeah. But she's just sitting there and she's looking off into the distance and she's like, What would it be like if I got rid of all my taste buds? <laughs> And I was like, I mean, food wouldn't taste like... It. I was like, you wouldn't know the difference between, like, chocolate cake or sushi. Like, texture would be, you know, different, but the flavor you wouldn't have. And I was like, you know, so it would just be, like, cake, sushi, Brussels sprouts, everything would be the same. And then she gets all excited and she says... Oh, so then I could finally eat potatoes. And I'm like, what are you talking... Like, Sometimes you like potatoes. It like, goes back so and forth strange. every day. Yeah. Yeah, depending um, on the preparation. She ate potatoes at dinner? No, she didn't eat the potatoes she tonight. Potatoes. She didn't like them today. Yeah. Speaking of taste buds, let's take a quick, like, five-second pause, because you'll probably want to cut this out. Oh, no. <laughs> but one of the best genie wishes I've ever heard <laughs> is for you to wish that your enemy has taste buds in their asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I might. You probably should. Maybe <laughs> In there, jork. <laughs> <laughs> Just one long leg. Jork. All right. Uh, so with that way better segue, <laughs> help you enjoy chapter eight. Chapter eight: New flavors. Lainey woke the next morning sore in ways she couldn't explain. Sleeping out in a tent was practically outside, not something she would ever done in the city. The bedroll given to her by Cass and Dasta was plenty warm enough, but she felt every root and rock under her all night. 
She did sleep some, only because she was so tired, but hardly felt rested. None of that diminished her excitement for the day. Last night had been a very good time. Lainey and Cass had talked until they practically fell asleep on top of each other, an idea that wasn't entirely unpleasant to Lanny. They learned a lot about each other, and even learned a bit about themselves. Seeing the world through completely different eyes really opened Lainey to new ways of thinking. Maybe she didn't have it so bad in the city. The wilderness sounded like a very dangerous place, but Lainey knew she'd made the right choice. She already felt as if she belonged out here. She stepped out of her tent, yawned and stretched, some of the soreness leaving with the crisp morning air. She ran a hand through her short hair and looked around. The camp was bustling with activity. They were set up a few dozen yards from the main shantytown, but the Wall of Gaul still loomed above them, ever-present. From the east, the sun shone brightly through the forest. The trees were full of large green leaves and cast mottled shadows on the ground, a sight Lainey had never experienced before. She smiled and sighed deeply and contentedly. Lainey caught a whiff of something cooking nearby, and her mouth watered. She made her way towards the smell. She found Brutus sitting by the campfire next to a large man. Orlani assumed it was a man. The figure was covered head to toe in thick armor plates. A massive greatsword leaned against the log the two were sitting on, the blade as long as the man was tall. Lanny sat next to Brutus in the Minotaur, handed her a plate piled high with meat and other foods Lanny didn't immediately recognize. It's bacon. They say it's delicious. Lanny looked at his plate and noted it was all fruits and vegetables. Brutus was a vegetarian, not necessarily by choice, but as a bovine primal was all he was able to digest anyway. Ugh, it smells amazing. I hear it is, Brutus said dryly before he popped a few radishes into his mouth. What's this with it? She poked the rest of her food with a small metal fork. Eggs and yams. The yams are sweet and have some honey drizzled on top. I can tell you they are very good. Much better than the slop we eat at- SLOP! Nash's voice rang out from across the clearing. Lainey heard multiple groans from around the area. Who said slop? Nash called as he rushed over to Brutus Laney and the figure Laney presumed was Dart. It was a figure of speech, Nash. Dart said as the bat primal came over. No, I definitely heard the Minotaur say slop. Nash was practically flapping his leathery wings and drooling. Laney curled her lips but smiled at, a bit at the sight too. They have slop in the city? Brutus smiled and blinked at Laney. Oh yes, all flavors of slop. Don't. Dart pleaded as she got up and clanked away. I'll have no part in this. Nash, drop it. Good to meet you, Brutus. I look forward to hearing more about the city. Tell me all about it. Nash plopped down next to Brutus, who began a long and detailed description of the foods Laney's parents would present at the dinner table. Without farmland within the walls to grow proper crops, the foods found in the city were highly processed and typically consisted of various colored gels. The foods contained all the necessary nutrients but lacked taste. Food wasn't a luxury in, in Gaul. It was a ritual of sustenance, a way to consume the necessary energy for the day. Lainey learned more about proper food in the dregs at places like Jork's. Sweet nectar was one of her favorite things in the world because it actually tasted like something. Lainey was quite grown before she learned she loved the flavor of sweet. Lainey ate her breakfast as she listened and laughed at Brutus's descriptions. The new food was nothing like she'd ever experienced before. The baking was crispy, but also chewy in just the right way. Even the grease that left on her fingers, she had abandoned the fork, was delicious and kept her coming back for more. The eggs were fluffy and went perfectly with the yams, which were sweet, but not in the way sweet nectar was at Jork's. The honey drizzled on top had an amazing aroma. It was sticky and such a sensation that Lainey wondered if she could go without it on food from now on. The sweetness of it made her think of Jork, and she wondered what he was up to. Probably cleaning mugs, she thought. 
The van moved out shortly after. Brutus and Lanny were assigned to guard the Pride and Joy, making up the rear guard. Dastix expected any possible attacks from the north, so he positioned the two on that side of the van. The group was large, but nothing compared to what Lanny was used to in the city. Dasta's group and Brutus and herself seemed to make up the contingent of protectors, but Dasta was not the only one with caravans in the group. There were a few other families, each with one or two carts. In total, Lanny counted 11 vehicles, only the pride and joy suspended above the ground. The families didn't look to be able to afford additional protection, so they were all armed and armored for the trip. Nash, Nash was positioned on top of the pride and joy, ready with a compact crossbow. Lanny heard Dasta was leading the van with Dart. She didn't know where Orthro or Cass were when they left. The trip began smoothly. The road was hard ground and well-worn ruts for the carts with wheels. Lanny and Brutus walked alongside in contented silence. Brutus hefted his shock baton casually, and Lanny had her tanto loosened in its scabbard. Cass had told her not to expect trouble the first day or two, still so close to the settlement, but to always be on their guard, just in case. Lanny enjoyed the view as she walked. The carts weren't terribly fast, and the pace was comfortable. Lanny watched the branches of the large trees sway. The shadows cast by the broad leaves were deep. The forest smelled like nothing Lanny had ever experienced. A crisp, almost sweet scent filled the air. Here and there, the smell of dank forest floor and mud crept in, but even that wasn't particularly unpleasant. The forest grew thicker as they walked further from Gaul and the shantytown and quickly turned to a narrow road surrounded by untamed wild. Lanny noticed that the trees grew larger and larger as they walked. After just a few hours, the trunks of the trees were massive, nearly as large as the pride and joy herself. The trees stretched up seemingly as tall as the walls of Gaul, their tops disappearing into the canopy of leaves above. The path became darker as a result. Nash lit a bright lantern on top of the pride to help light the way. The lantern was a risk, as it made the van easier to spot for bandits or ruffians, but allowed the Jories to see where they were going better, as they were not known for their stellar eyesight. Lanny and Brutus were glad to stop for lunch at midday, not because the journey was particularly difficult, but their bodies were used to regular meals in the city, and walking for hours had a way of creating quite the appetite. Dasta's group all settled around the pride. Nash kept his watch on top. Dart tossed him up a chunk of hard bread and some small sausages. The group took a brief break, just long enough to eat and feed and water the jorays. Lanny found Cash shortly after the break began. The young woman handed Lanny some bread and sausage and a canteen full of cool water. Ah, enjoying yourself? Actually, yeah, it's beautiful out here. Lanny took a huge bite of bread and closed her eyes as she chewed, enjoying the taste and texture of the food. Cass watched with a small smile on her face. Mmm. Oh, is that good? Oh, yeah. We didn't have food like this in Gaul. I ate a lot of vitamin sludge. That's what I called it, at least. Sludge? Sounds awful. That why you left? Ha. <laughs> Cass knew full well why Lanny had left, but still had a hard time believing someone could hate living in the great city so much. It wasn't originally, but after eating your food, it's one reason to stay out here. Well, that's nice to hear. I've got to hand out some more, but I'm glad you like it. I'll find you later. I'll be looking for you later. I mean, I'll be ready to talk some more when you find me. Good luck handing out food. Cass laughed gently and walked away, continuing to pass out bread and sausage to the vanguards. Lanny smacked her palm into her forehead once Cass was talking to someone else. Stupid! She thought to herself. That was a stupid thing to say. She's going to think I'm crazy or something. Brutus walked up, munching on his own bread, but instead of sausage, he had a huge handful of skunk cabbage. Good food again. And they had plenty of vegetables. Brutus smiled and continued on. We're heading out in five. Be ready. Get your head out of the clouds.
The sword sang as it was pulled from its scabbard. This scabbard was not the sword's first home, nor would it be the last. The sword was an ancient thing, a relic from a lost time. It had sent countless souls to the void, and it had no name. It nearly saved the world once, but it wasn't to be. The sword sang as it always did, unbreakable and unable to dull. The sword blazed a fire, the power of life coursed from the man holding it. The power of the salamanders and sylphs belonged to the sword, allowing it to cut through anything. A power lo thought long lost to the world, a power virtually lost existing only in the sword. The sword, and one other. The man with the sword of fire leapt from a tree, landing amidst a startled group of marauders prowling through the forest. Startled as much as robots could be. The things were humanoid, that is, they had two legs, two arms, and a head like a human, but they were all bare metal and wire. The man set about before he even landed on the ground, removing the head from one marauder, sending a spray of oil into the air. The man spun about, slicing limbs from the bots before they could even compute what was happening. The group was large, though, and the man knew he would be overwhelmed quickly. It is the Wanderer. Kill it. Better than you have tried, and all have failed. The robots nearest the Wanderer extended blades from their arms. The bots towered over the old man, each at least seven feet of sharpened metal and ill-fitting armor plates. The bots were a rough group, typical of the wilds between cities, themselves wandering to sate their thirst for blood. Some were covered in scraps of cloth, almost as, almost as if they were emulating the humans they vaguely resembled. The Wanderer cut down three more of the bots, slashing wildly with the flaming sword, splitting bots in half. The man moved like a dervish, his swipes impossibly fast. The martyrs had no chance to block or parry his swings. Those lucky enough to happen to get a blade in the right spot to deflect an attack had their weapons shorn apart. The flaming sword of the Wanderer cut right through anything it contacted. The old man spun around and brought the sword up behind his head before the swing of a bot blade barely missed slicing it clean off. Instead, of removing, instead, it removed his topknot, allowing his long hair to fall into his face. The silver-gray hair matched his long beard, making him look even older than his tanned, wrinkled face. The Wanderer pushed the hair out of his face and parried another sweeping attack from one of the bots behind him before swiftly sheathing his sword. He braced his feet and spun his arms in an intricate maneuver before thrusting both hands away from his body. A gust of wind exploded out from the man, blasting the bots nearest him away. The marauders crashed into the trees and into each other and fell to the ground. The Wanderer whipped his arms around again, but this time ended his movements with his arms thrusting to the ground between his feet. The wind blast sent him soaring up into the branches of the trees, away from the, group, the regrouping marauders. Are we certain that was the Wanderer? One of the bots asked while trying to stop leaking too much reddish-brown oil from a severed arm. It had a flaming sword. Our data shows that the Wanderer is in possession of such an artifact. The Wanderer rendered six of us inoperable. Another marauder announced. This one was larger than the rest, with furs covering its shoulders and long spikes circling its head. Our current path leads to a common shipping route. The Wanderer was likely trying to protect humans that could be on the path. We will collect any usable scrap and continue. We need the blood. Yes, yes Madagalawega, the rest of the bots said in unison. Ooh, we met yeah, some see, cool George stuff. Yeah, still cleaning mugs. They said it right there. Well, Lanny thought he was cleaning right, mugs. Right, and Lanny, you know, probably super smart from what we've seen. Here's the thing. There's going to be a twist ending. Lanny's actually been in a coma this whole time. None of these characters actually exist. She's going to wake up, and she's, like, in a hospital in Detroit in 1974. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, Jork is actually just, like, the kind custodian who, like, comes in Wait, and, like, one dread accidentally cut off. Right, yeah. Yep, and, like, he's <laughs> 
totally <laughs> fine. And when she wakes up, he comes in and he's like, oh, how are you doing? But his name is like, Jake. Oh. She just heard it wrong right, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. And she's like, mother jorker. That's not the ending. That's not it at all. <laughs> I'm telling you. Good try, though. Good Twist. try. Twist. Uh, but yeah, I like the end of that chapter because it gives us a little idea of things to come. Yeah, what the jork is happening? Right, we have what are something. These marauders or robots, but they're bleeding oil. Is that our first scene away from Lanny and Brutus completely? With the exception of that time when Jork didn't die. Yeah. Oh right, right. Of course, Outside it's the second time. second yeah. time. <laughs> um, but yeah, what was that all about? Well, I'm asking you. You wrote the book. Well, I'm not gonna tell you uh, too much yet. You know couple new things introduced there. Somebody called the Wanderer with a flaming sword. We got the Marauders. The Marauders. Which we heard about, Cass told us a couple chapters ago, about Marauders. Yeah. Or Rauders for short. So what are some of the new flavors that uh, Lani got to try? Lani tried honey. Okay. Yams. Yams. Yeah, actual some, food. Some sweet, sweet yams. Yeah. Bacon. Bacon. Everybody likes and bacon. And there were some new smells, too, right? Except yeah. Anthony. He doesn't like that bacon. That's weird. bread, you know? The forest floor. She smelled dirt and mud. And she yeah. got to see the, the... I like the description of the shadow cast by the trees, the mottled. I like that, too. I don't do that kind of stuff too often when I call flowerly like flowery language yeah. but no I really like that because that's something that we as you know people and especially you know the hosts here we live in the rural area so we experience that sort of thing but someone who's lived her whole life in a city with no dirt but no right. also like people that live in a rural era I don't know what modeled means <laughs> fair <laughs> that's that company that makes apple juice mock mod yeah, Mott? they just shorten it to mott's apple sauce. That's when it comes in a bottle. Oh, <laughs> yes. there we go. All right. So, like, the shadow cast by the leaves isn't a complete shadow. There's some light gets through, so it's, like, patchy. Mottled would be kind of patchy. Why did you just say it was patchy? Because I didn't want to. I like the word mottled better. A bunch of holes. Yeah. Yeah. Patchy, <laughs> like Swiss shadows. beard. <laughs> or JB's. Oh, Sorry. JB. Oh, wow, rude. I know wow. a lot of people won't get that, Throwing but uh, I gotta make fun of him Jesus. once in a while. I don't think that that's a thing that he said is right. <laughs> he admits it. That's why he doesn't grow a beard. Yeah. Oh. Which true. is too bad because. He looks very Amish with a neck beard. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so with the, I feel like this chapter does. It's not as big as the last one. Last no, chapter there won't was. Be a chapter as big as the last one. <laughs> right. Um, but I think the introduction um, is like this is like a slow burn. Like Because he's got a slamming sword. Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? It didn't seem like the burning was slow. In, in that case, no, it just goes. Yeah. It's on. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about these salamanders and whatnot? I don't. It, okay. So Not now. Wait. Okay. I'm just, I, I like I the question, though. What did, was the word salamander said? <laughs> yes, it was. Oh. Salamanders and nymphs. Oh, I, I, I definitely remember the nymphs. I don't remember this. This is yeah, salamanders. The, yeah, that one. Yep. We'll we'll learn more. Well, that's something that we'll have to find out more in the future. Oh. Is Ronan a salamander? No. Did Ronan cut off Jorks? Ronan's a man. Spine. He's a man. No. Probably not. Is I'll say no. He did not. What type of sword is his flaming sword? Is it a katana? It is a katana. A banana. Katana. Uh, is it? Banana. Does it pair to 
what's her nuts is Tonto Lionies. <laughs> Typically, uh, a katana is part of a set called a daisho. That's the katana and a short sword. Uh, often it's a wakazashi. That's a sh- like a, a short sword. A tanto is akin to a dagger. But, you know, I like your theory. Wow, Dan, flexing that muscle. Um, I do some research on things sometimes. Yeah. I went three days without taking a shower, and I took a nice wakashashi. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I know I know a little bit about that, because for a graphic design class I took in college, um, we had to make up a business and a logo, and like we had to make up our own typeface and stationery. We did a really cool project. Um, mine was called Daisho Design, which I was my, my company was like blade manufacturer like blacksmith kind of thing that was really fun so i had to do some research about it yeah because i didn't know the word daisho until that and that kids is why you should go to college for art studio because you can do a phone project and then go back to college to be a teacher to get a real job to get a real job i got a haircut too yeah i got a real job yeah Government job, like your dad always used yep. to say. Yep, like that always used to say. You just got a government job, and I did. Mr. Cole's a smart man. He's the best. He's a good dude, even if he scared a lot of people when I was younger. Maybe he still does. Yeah. Which is funny, because he's like weird. the friendliest guy. It's very awkward as an adult to interact <laughs> with your father and not be scared. <laughs> like So wait, just real quick, a little bit of backstory. If um, we haven't mentioned yet, I don't think we have that. Back in like high school, Tim and I were friends. <laughs> I don't remember if we did none of the recordings. Uh, yeah, the one that we lost because the microphone was on mute. Yeah, that one. Um, but back in high school, we were friends, and uh, so thinking back to that time when he knew my parents then, compared to now. And your dad's beard was just black. Back when it was all black. You know. Now it's mostly white. Yeah. Salt and peppered, seared even. Delightfully seasoned. It's so almost all flavor. white now. Yeah. yeah, a lot of flavor. What were you saying though? I interrupted you just because I wanted to give that little bit of info. Uh, I have no idea. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> like when I was in when I was younger, when I first met you, every time I would come over, your dad would mess with me, or you know pretend like we were gonna have fun, and then we'd go work. And <laughs> dig he a was hole so and good at that. Dig, dig a hole or uh-huh. weed a house or. <laughs> Catch mice or whatever, find dogs in the woods. Like, yeah, that was, well, that the dog in the woods wasn't his fault. That was, that was just an accident. Yeah, it just happened. We went to the cabin to clean things out, and then the dog slipped her collar. I remember our friend John was like, "Uh, the dog's gone." Well, and your dad's delivery was so. You never knew if he was serious or not. He still so don't. we'd all oh get in the God, car, yes. and we're like, I'm like, oh, cool, we're going somewhere. He's like, yeah, we're going to go clean up the cabin. And, like, and he like, would for tell the next half an hour, I was like, all right, well, where are we going? Yeah. And then- so they, I wouldn't put you guys over, and he would tell me these things, and I'd be like, yeah, whatever, Dad, we're not actually going to, we're going to go to the cabin, we're going to go, like, take the robot out on the lake, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he'd be like, we get there, and he'd be like, all right, well, get to work, and be like, wait, what? And, it, like, every time, we yeah. fell for it. That, yeah. that was pretty I mean, funny. You say like we fell for it, like you kept inviting us over. And I mean, like, it happened a few times. You probably times. knew, but you probably knew that you're gonna have to do all the work yourself, and you're like, ah, right. I might as well get Tim and <laughs> Baker over. Many hands. You know like, what? I honestly don't remember. And also, like if, you fell for it, as in your dad told you exactly what was gonna happen, and you I didn't, didn't believe, believe him. it. So, like, well, yeah. there was nothing to fall for. He told you. you were I know. Be he still does that. I remember when. 
we first started dating and your dad was so <laughs> mean and you were like no that means he likes you and I was like what like but now you how? get it now I get it but I remember I was walking over to your house he wasn't gotten... so mean okay. he just has a very dry time sense out. of time humor out. story time so it was high school and we were dating and I was walking over to your house and there was a really bad snowstorm so I couldn't just cut through my backyard like I usually did so I had to like go around the block and he and I were crossing paths and we had gotten like legit like three feet of snow like it was that Christmas when you guys couldn't go to Mima and Peepa's because we got so much snow I just so, like how you're telling the story like you're telling it to me I know <laughs> I haven't so, heard anyway, it before. Yeah. <laughs> so, M- Mr. Cole and I are crossing paths, and as we walk, like, you know, I'm trying to make the good impression because I think we had just started dating, or not for very long, and I was like, oh, hey, and, like, I smiled and, like, You're like, hi, Mr. Cole. Him, and he just, like, straight arm chucked me into a freaking <laughs> snowbank, and I obviously wasn't expecting it, so I didn't, like, brace, so I just, like, sat down in all this snow, and I remember getting to your house and being like, your dad just pushed me into a snowbank. I totally didn't believe you at first. I was like, you sure it was my dad? (laughs) (laughs) No, some other guy just came up. I was like, why would he do that? Oh my God. And then I met it later and he he laughed a little bit and he was like, yeah, it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) He called you Dan Smelly. He did call me Dan Smelly. And that girl. Does he still call you that? No. That girl, yeah, he called called you that girl for a long time. And Michelle. But... He called me but calling you that girl was a term of endearment for him. True. Like I said, because of his weird sense of humor. Yeah. Oh, is that girl coming over? And just like how he told me, I had to call him Mr. Cole. And then on our wedding day, when we went through like the receiving line, and he's like, you can call me Jack now. And I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> you are still Mr. Cole. Isn't he in your phone as Mr. Cole? Yes. Yes, in my phone is Mr. Cole. <laughs> I feel like these are cute stories from ten years ago, but like these stories happening now is just like normalizing abuse. <laughs> uh, oh my god! It's I cute. feel like it sounds worse if you don't know him. <laughs> he really is. To see him like with the kids, he is just the kindest man. And, well, it's, you know, it's just, people love him. He's a local celebrity. Seriously, everybody knows him. He's the local picture guy, so like, school pictures and whatnot, everybody knows him. Oh, I took your mom's senior photo back in 1988. Uh, he'll, he, he say somebody's name, he'd be like, oh, isn't his uncle blah blah blah, and he owns that, and he was married to this person, but they're not together anymore, so now he married that person, they're the, his kid, and I'm like, yeah, but you don't remember my name. You call me my brother's name all the time. Timmy, you know what it's like. He does the same thing to you. It's like how all mothers call every console Nintendo. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yes. I'm not Nintendo. I'm not an abacus. (laughs) (laughs) What? You know how to use an abacus? I don't know what an abacus is. I tried to learn one time. I think I was subbing at a school in, like, a math room, and there was, like, a uh, poster on the wall, like, how to use an abacus, and I was like, that is horrendous. How did anybody ever do that? Did you ever play with that, like, kid's doctor's office abacus that was, like, all the different colored wires with the... Yeah, of course. Oh, heck, yeah. Oh, my God. What is that called? Does that have a name? I I, I don't know. (laughs) If you know what it is, let us know. I don't know, yeah. If you know what that thing is called, if you know what he's talking about, as I do, I don't know what it's called. If you know what it is, let us know on Twitter. Um... Tag me at Icedan underscore HDH. Or you could um, let us know on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Facebook.com slash Dan Cole author. 
Um, yeah. And you can like leave comments when you rate, review, and subscribe these episodes in this podcast. You know, you can leave a review and let us know, like, hey, you big dummies, that square box doctor's office abacus is a blah, 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 whatever. Blah. Or if you're listening to it on YouTube, because our episodes are on YouTube now, you can just leave a comment below. Yeah. Also, leave your best explanation for how Jork is still alive. <laughs> Ooh, right. yeah, yeah, and then I can just ignore them all because he's dead. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. That's so <laughs> hurtful. I'm just trying to make him understand. Um, I know it's a tough thing, but, you know, learning how to deal with loss is important. <laughs> Even if it's a fictional orc. Where's this going? I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to, to justify why I'm being so, like... Weird. I'm not weird, but like so. No, I get it. Very rigid. You're really trying rigid. to make it seem like he's really dead. I, I like we're not. Just all so it really blows all, your mind when he doesn't yeah, come back. Exactly. Yeah. Like we're only on chapter eight. We're less than halfway through. <laughs> like I get it. Yeah, you want that twist to be really important later. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Right. I'm gonna work with um, Sirenscape that we use for sound effects and music. Um, I'm gonna. See if I can contact the the guy that runs it. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'm gonna see if I can get a really good dead jork sound that we can include in every episode. Ooh, I mean, <laughs> big. Ooh. Just, wow, it's so worth it just for his look. I'm sorry, this is only audio, but just how he looks at me when I say things like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, kind you and your of. Dad just like to hurt people on purpose. <laughs> disguise it as a joke. I am my father's son. You I, really I, are. I only restab your heart every week with these short jokes because of the term of endearment. Only because you keep bringing it up. If you couldn't, you know, mention how you think he's alive, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to. If I wouldn't to. mourn, he's if like, I wouldn't express he's my feelings. He's gaslighting you right now. Yeah. That's exactly wow. what I, No, I'm the opposite wow. of gaslighting. I'm saying, no, he is dead. He's no, not coming back. How is that gaslighting? So you telling him he's dead, he's not coming back, is the equivalent of your dad saying, we are going to camp and we're going to do work. Like, just because you say it doesn't mean we have to believe it. I mean... And then we're... He I guess so. This again. <laughs> oh, he's still dead. Dang it, he got me. Uh, so, super important question. Uh-oh. Are we going to figure out how he lost his first spine that he lost? I don't know. You just gotta listen to the next uh, 12 episodes. Oh. So, so you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Alright. There's always a chance. Alright. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll, I'll dangle a little carrot in front of you. Yeah. Um, a little spine. <laughs> just, the, just that one spike off of his forehead is on a string. Yeah. Looks like a bone. But it's black. And also not a carrot. Orcs have black bones. I just decided now. Wow. Because why not? That's cool. Right? I figure they have black blood. Listen, whatever gets They're them alive, gray, bud. Or kind of green, like really dark green blood. Like a like a hunter green. Hunter, not hunter. Yeah. No, like a like a it's like a half orc, half minotaur. Hunter green. <laughs> there later on in the story there's a brief mention of I think I mentioned it on another episode. Jork being alive. Of <laughs> <laughs> of a different like centaur type thing from the story called a bisotar. Okay, have you ever had like a reverse centaur where like the bottom <laughs> is human, but like still four legged, so it's like four <laughs> human hands on a really long torso? I think I've seen pictures yeah. like that. That's a good one. 
Right, so, um, you know, big thanks to our friends down at the Blue Banana down on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, and if you find yourselves there, make sure that you say hey to our friends uh, Skinny Marie, she's out in the alley, and Viv and Kit, and get yourself some maraschino cherries. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. I uh, hope to see you next episode. Uh, rock on Venice. Rock over to buy. Taco Bell, you're going to love the way you look. All right. I know we just did our goodbyes and everything, but I just wanted to add one little extra bit here at the end to say that Big Fiction Energy has now joined the professional casual network of podcasts, We're joining shows like uh, The Space Between, The Space Between Presents, uh, Elite Eight Showdown, um, uh, un- <laughs> at this point, unnamed Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Show, um, and other things that are in the works. Um, so you can check that out at professionalcasual.com, uh, which will be a new kind of second home of Big Fiction Energy, along with dancoleauthor.com. Uh, but I know at the time of recording, the first episode of the, the Space Between Presents, I Saw a Tiger, is out all about Tiger King. Uh, if you haven't watched if, if you have or haven't watched it, check it out. Uh, real funny, it's me, uh, Tim, Danny, and then our friend Sarah as well discussing the first episode of Tiger King. Otherwise, I'll see you in Chapter 8.